So Anchor, it is Christmas Eve. We are here. It is one of my favorite times of year, Christmas. We are in a series called The Carols of Christmas, where we've been breaking down the Christmas carols that we sing, the traditional Christmas carols, and and um, just trying to understand the the motivation behind him, the inspiration. And, and the first week we, we looked at O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And then uh, the next week, Pastor Jason talked about joy to the world. And then last week we looked at We Three Kings. And today I want to end with uh, the, the Christmas carol, Silent Night. And um, before we go any further, I want, to, um, I want us to take a moment to, to hear the, the lyrics of Silent Night and reflect on them a little bit. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read those to you. And, and if you want to close your eyes, you can. If not, that's fine, whatever. But let's just take a moment and just reflect on the words. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace, silent night, holy night, shepherds quake at the sight, glory stream from heaven afar, heavenly hosts sing alleluia, Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. The song Silent Night, in my opinion, is by far the most symbolic of all the Christmas carols. And, and if we're going to um, look at the, the origins of, of where this Christmas carol came from, we have to start, um, we, we have to start in, in the court of King Frederick William of Prussia in uh, around 1840. Um, so, so in your mind, picture this. It's Christmas Eve in Berlin. The king and his court were commemorating the birth of Christ, and uh, the cathedral choir was playing uh, uh, one of the pieces, and it was the song Silent Night. And the king was very impressed by this beautiful song. He was so impressed. He went to the, he went to the, the program that had all the songs listed on it to see who the author of the song was. And he was floored when he looked at the program and he saw that the author was unknown. And that was not okay to him. He decided, like he had to know, he couldn't permit such an imprecision. So immediately after the ceremony, he had all his advisors come to see him. And um, he asked them, hey, do you know who the author of this song is? And no one knew, no one could shed any light on the matter. So the king then ordered his, his men to find out because it was imperative for him to discover who the composer of the song was. They scoured libraries and cities and principalities and kingdoms all over Germany, and they, they couldn't find anything. By chance one day, while one of the king's men was staying at an inn, he noticed a, a caged bird was, was singing a familiar song, and he leapt, leapt to his feet. The man realized the bird uh, was singing the mysterious Christmas song that he had been uh, searching for, that, that no one knew who the author was. The, the bird was singing this song. It was silent night. What happened, the innkeeper asked. The bird, the man answered. Who taught the bird that song? The innkeeper didn't know, but he added that a friend of his had bought this bird at an abbey in Salzburg, Germany, 
and left it at the inn for the entertainment of guests. So the Abbey of Salzburg. So the king's servant decided that he, he was going to make his way to Abbey. He felt like a hunter. He was, he was going to go search for this bird because the, or the, the trail um, was, was warm again. He was going to go search for the author, the, the person who taught this bird the song. By chance, on his way there, he encountered a nine-year-old schoolboy who, in fact, is the one who taught the bird this song. What's your name, the man asked. The boy answered, Felix Gruber. And tell me, Felix, where did you learn this, that song? My father taught it to me. And where did he learn it? He composed it, sir. Without losing a minute, they went to the boy's house uh, in a nearby village. And there he met the local school teacher, Franz Gruber, who said uh, he had in fact composed the, the music, but the lyrics actually were written by his friend, Father Joseph Moore, parish priest of the village of Bagran, who actually recently died. Overjoyed at finally finding the song's origin, the song hunter's quest to find the origins of the song were over. He brought back a full written account, uh, full written account of how the song came about, and here is that account. It is Christmas Eve, and the tower of the small church of the village dominates the snow-laden houses of the town like a hen protecting its chicks. In the presbytery, the young Father Joseph Moore, 26 years old, is reviewing the gospel in preparation for that night's ceremony when a knock at the door breaks the silence. It is a peasant woman who asks the parish priest to help a baby that has just been born. Without delay, the priest leaves the comfort of his home and, after a hard climb up the mountain, arrives at the humble abode where the child has been born. Upon his return, the stars shine in the heavens, reflecting their light on the whiteness of the snow. He begins to reflect on the scene he had just witnessed. The child, the peasant couple, and their humble home have all impressed him. They remind him of another child, another couple, another humble dwelling in Bethlehem of Judah. After midnight mass, Father Moore was unable to sleep. He takes pen and paper and begins to write a poem that will become the lyrics to the song, Silent Night. The next morning, Christmas Day, 1818, the pious priest looks for a friend of his called Franz Gruber, then 31 years old. After reading the poem, Gruber exclaims, Father, this is exactly the Christmas song that we needed. Praise be to God. And that very day, he composed the music to go with the words. Silent Night. That is where the song comes from. Um, the title of this carol, though, is not based on anything in the biblical Christmas story. Um, we're never told that the night Jesus was born is silent. In fact, we can probably assume the opposite. Um, think about it. Childbirth is rarely quiet. It's a rarely quiet, a quiet thing. And babies, in, infant babies, when they're not sleeping, are usually crying, not silent, right? I don't know if um, sheep make noise at night or not, but you can imagine um, that a great company of the heavenly hosts saying, glory to God in the highest, that, that's going to fill the countryside with noise, right? So th think about your life for a moment. How noisy is your life? How much noise is there every single day in your life? How, how unsettled are things for you? You didn't 
get the job you wanted. Noise. You didn't get the pay raise you deserved. Noise. Your marriage isn't going as well as you had hoped. Or, or maybe worse, maybe your marriage is over. Noise. Maybe you've been walking through the grief of losing a loved one. Noise. Maybe life just feels empty and purposeless. Noise. Life is rarely silent. Life rarely slows down enough for us to experience peace. Life rarely feels settled. But God. But Jesus. The birth of Jesus changed all that for the people of the Bible, and the birth of Jesus changed all of that for us here now. If you have your Bible this morning, um, you can turn to Luke chapter 2, and we're going to read together um, how the birth of Jesus brought hope to everyone, past, present, and future. Um, but before we read, um, let's pray together this morning. God, we love you. We thank you for your word. Um, we pray that you would open our hearts to respond to your truth this morning. And I pray, God, that you would, you would help us to understand more deeply the story of the birth of your son. We love you, God. All praise belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 5, it says this, He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in snug she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging for, available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, "Don't be afraid," he said. "I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds, shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. So it was not silent. It was not a silent night. There was so much going on that night. So so why then is this song called Silent Night? I think we find the clue in the author's um, second phrase of the song, Holy Night. Holy Night. This is where our idea of Silent Night comes from. In the presence of holiness, sometimes we're gripped by stunned silence. In Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 20, that's in the Old Testament. In Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 20, the Lord, it says this, The Lord in his holy is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. Sometimes when you're in the midst of something so wonderful, you can't help but be silent. Or, or maybe you're just speechless. You don't know what to say. That's, I think, where the silent night 
idea comes from. In the imagination of Joseph Moore, the night of Jesus' birth was silent because it was holy. It was set apart. It was different from every other night that had happened before, and it was different from every other night that would ever come after it. It was set apart because for the first time in the history of the world, the holy God was physically present in human form on the earth. In a world dominated by noise, many people fail to realize um, that silence is actually very powerful. We're constantly inundated with messages and calls and the ding, flash, buzz of your, your phones and your devices. And yet it's in the absence of, the so- of sound that, that some of the most profound communication occurs. Silence can communicate so many different things. The, the pregnant pause of silence can build anticipation and expectation. Think about it. When, when you're listening to somebody share their thoughts and right in the middle of everything, they go silent. They, they stop speaking. They, they pause. You're hanging. You're hanging there waiting for them to break the tension. Like silence communicates a lot and silence can can create expectation it can create anticipation so it is with the silence of the birth of Christ waiting anticipating expecting silence also creates space for reflection and understanding and it takes silence and reflection to understand the depth of what the birth of Jesus means for us silence has the ability to transcend words Silence has the ability to leave a lasting impression. I want to invite the worship team to come back up right now. We're getting ready to, to wrap this up. We're getting ready to close. Um, I have one, a, a, few, a, few, a few more thoughts I want to share with you before we close today. Right now, I want to invite the worship team to come back up, and um, we're going to, we're getting ready to, to end. Um, we're going to go into a, a short time of reflection, um, but I, I want to share a couple more thoughts with you um, before, before we end today. Um, just really quickly, what if, what if we didn't just see this day as, as a day off? from work? What if we didn't just see this day off or see, see this day as, as um, uh, a day to accumulate more stuff for ourselves? What if we didn't see this day as, as a day to stuff ourselves full of food or to go to parties? What if we saw it for what it really is? What if we saw the true reason for why we do all this stuff? How would that change things in your life? Not, not that there's anything wrong with, there's nothing wrong with um, getting presents and having the day off for Christmas. There's nothing wrong with family coming over and eating food and celebrate. There's nothing wrong with that. But if those things are the reason that we, we do all of this, then we're missing the whole purpose of it. We're missing the whole purpose of this season. 
um, Robin and I had a conversation a few a uh, few years ago uh, about a specific approach that we want to take to Christmas one one year uh, when our kids are old enough. Um, we we haven't decided whether or not we want to do this, but I think it's a good idea because it communicates the spirit of Christmas. So our idea is we want to. One year, we want to make a list. We want to keep a running list of everything our kids do wrong. Every little thing, from every little wrong thing they say to the bad grades they get, you know, that kind of thing. We want to make a list of everything they do wrong, exhaustive list. And on Christmas morning, right before we're getting ready to open the presents, we want to pull out the list and read it all. (laughs) We want to read every single bad thing that they did that year. And then after we're done reading the list, we want to tell them, we still want you to have your gifts because we love you. And that's the way God loves you. That's the way God loves me. That's the way God loves us. No matter what we do, he still offers us the gift of his son. No matter what we do, he still offers us the gift of forgiveness. No matter what we do, he still offers us the gift of hope. He still offers us the gift grace. Now, really quickly, I'm not prescribing that for anybody, and that's not necessarily biblical either, Um, but um, I think it's an effective way to communicate the purpose of Christmas, that it's not about the stuff, and and, and no matter what, God still offers us freely those, those good, good gifts. The birth of Jesus sees your hurt. He sees your pain and he says, I got you. The birth of, of Jesus is God saying, like, all that pain you're going through, like, all the tears you cried, I'll take it. I'll take it from you. You don't have to, you don't have to manage that anymore. You don't have to worry about that anymore. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, all your worries and care, uh, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. This is only possible because of the birth of a baby boy in Israel over 2,000 years ago. This is what the, that's what this is all about. That's why this day is supposed to be holy. That's why this day is supposed to be set apart. That's why this day is supposed to be silent. Right now, the worship team is going to lead us again in the song Silent Night. Let's use this time to reflect and understand what this is all about. God, we thank you. We're so grateful that we're able to worship. We're so grateful uh, that you've given us a reason to worship. And that's you that's sending your son. God, we're grateful that, that you made a way for us to get out from underneath the heaviness of our pain, the heaviness of our struggles, the heaviness of of just life sometimes. And it all started with the birth of Jesus. Thank you. Help us to never forget that, God. We love you. In Jesus' name. Really quickly, before we're dismissed this morning, before we we end, uh, I have a couple of next steps. These next steps are just tangible things we can do to take the message and apply it to our lives. And the first one is this week, I'll examine myself to know what cares I need to bring to God.
like I said, the, the birth of Jesus made it to where we don't have to carry all this stuff by ourselves. Let's, let's bring our cares to him that he might be able to help us carry it. And the second next step today is this. Today I will reflect on what this day means for my life. Take some time today to reflect on, on what the true reason for this day is and, and how it's changed everything for us. Let me say one last prayer today and we can be dismissed. God, thank you. We love you. We praise you. My eyes, my eyes are fixed on you in this season, God. My heart is, is fixed on you. In Jesus' name. And finally, may you go singing a song to the God who saved you. Sing of his mighty deeds and glory. Join the heavenly chorus and sing glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. Amen and amen. Make sure that you join us next Sunday at 1030 on Facebook or YouTube uh, for uh, our online only service. Love you guys. Have a great Christmas.